Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good, I don't know what time of the day and night it is. I've had about three, four hours sleep. Um, oh, hang on, it's on the loop. Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, good evening, good and welcome to Guns of Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. I'm your host, and we've got a slightly different lineup tonight. Uh, obviously, we got Gunnar Trev, uh, we got Lyle, um, and we also have Andrew. Uh, listen, guys, um, it was such a good result to get up at uh, Nottingham last night that uh, we had to play the intro twice. That was the only reason we done it, Trev. You know, you know what I mean. I'll- I can tell already you're going to do my head in tonight, Fergus. I am. <laughs> Tri- Tri- I am. I'm a little sleep myself. I'm proper tired. <laughs> but I can't wait to talk about this. And it'd be lovely to get Andrew and Lyle's views on things. Um, proper Arsenal podcast. And we've got some proper Arsenal fans joining us, mate. To be honest, um, I I have really struggled to function today. I bet it's a busy month end and everything else. As, as Andrew will know, we work in a similar industry, and um, month end is always is always quite busy anyway. But with a lack of sleep, um, and then tonight I got home and I cooked a, a lovely um, mashed potato, minted lamb chops, and I sat there and I gone, all right, okay, I'll get up and get ready. And I was drifting off the sleep already. Lyle, how are you doing? Welcome. I only saw you. What was it? Less than. 12 hours ago. I'm no, good, Ferg. I'm good. I'm good. I think I'm a mixture of uh, tiredness, excitement, adrenaline. It's just one of those days which you have as an Arsenal fan, really, where, you know, you, you, you go into the game last night, you get in sort of at stupid o'clock in the morning, you wake up, you go into work, and it's just pure ecstasy and adrenaline which which fuels you. And I'm, I'm good, mate. Top of the world. Anytime Arsenal get three points on the road, you're top of the world. Yeah, one forty was my arrival time, and I think on the WhatsApp group you arrived about two or three minutes just before me, uh, back from 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 there. By the time I got to sleep and everything else, probably about three in the morning. But yeah, Andrew, um, you sat in the comfort of your own home in did, with your one hundred inch TV <laughs> in your beautiful office, and you sat there and you went to bed and got cozied up by ten o'clock with a hot chocolate. Absolutely, lucky, yeah. lucky bastard. Definitely, mate. I was, and you know, straight after that as well, buzzing still after after winning, after chewing off my nails off for that last five ten minutes. But do you know what? What a win that was, and we'll take it and uh, bring on Liverpool Sunday. Brilliant. Listen, a couple of housekeeping things. Uh, our last episode from Monday night got snagged by Sony Music, as I thought it would, for copyright for the brilliant piece that we done. And if you do go on to Trevor's. Um, Hilsey Gooner's uh, uh, Twitter feed, uh, the video is still there, but also the audio versions on all platforms. If you want to hear the end bit, which was we were just talking about, like the importance of North London forever for us. And I had a comment, uh, I had uh, a bit of it on uh, our TikTok channel, 
And Lewis Dunford picked up uh, on it and he's actually commented and saying, you know, he can't believe how the song has been taken up, which is absolutely brilliant, you know. Um, the other thing that I'd like to say is thank you, everybody, everybody out there. We've hit a thousand subscribers. Listen, <laughs> Trevor put a tweet up today. And Trevor's tweet was basically summed it up. We're not here to be rich, famous. We're here to be just to be genuine Arsenal fans. Um, and uh, Trevor put a tweet up just to say, you know, do us a favour, get us over the line. We're currently at um, 1,060 subscribers. So if you are watching on whatever platform, jump over onto our YouTube platform, uh, click subscribe, click ring the bell, and you will get to see... Uh, my ugly mutt at least once a week and probably Trevor's beard. Um, you know, he's at Christmas, he's a bit busy, um, but otherwise, uh, you know, he's uh, he's normally available. Trev, at the power of social media. Yeah, I, firstly, Vegas, I echo what you say. I'm, I'm truly humbled by the, the kind people that read my tweet today and uh, subscribed to our channel. I, I think I've thanked everybody. And if I haven't thanked everybody, I apologise for not doing so. There were so many of you. I had no idea of the power of social media until today. And I had no, and, but I did have an idea. There's lots of nice people lurking out there and they've all come in today. They've all liked our channel and I'm, I'm humbled. And thank you very much. Mm, mm. Um, Lyle, uh, you can see the, the, uh, the positive sides of social media by what Trevor done with his tweet. You can also see the negative side, but I think you understand how this channel works and how we as a group and our a couple of WhatsApp groups is it's all about the positivity. It's all about the loveliness, as they say. It's all about um, it's all about supporting the man behind you, Mikel Arteta, whoever's in charge. It's all about supporting the Arsenal over land and sea. Oh, absolutely, Fergus. I mean, at the end of the day, we are the Arsenal. And I think my favourite quote of all time uh, is from the late David Rowcastle, which is remember who you are, what you are and who you represent. And I think as an Arsenal you know, supporter, uh, you know, as an Arsenal fan, we've always been a family um, and, and that's what it's all about. We look after each other on and off the pitch. Um, you know, it's not just the 90 minutes um, where we're inside the stadium. It's everything around it. And, um, you know, that, that's it. And I think social media is such a powerful tool for good um, when it's when it's done right. Um, you know, there's so many different stories that you see. There's obviously, you know, what, what Trevor's just said about your subscribers, what you did probably a couple of months back um, when you showed a video um, of, of that young lad in the wheelchair who was joining in at Block 5-6 um, with, with all the singing, showing that at the Arsenal. Um, you know, we're a club for everyone. Uh, you know, all are, all are welcome. So, no, love social media. I love everything that, um, you know, you guys are doing on this channel um, and all of you individually just to, um, you know, remind fans out there that, you know, you've got to support your club through thick and thin. But most importantly, stay classy. We are the Arsenal. Yeah. And listen, um, it, as you say, it's, it's more than the 90 minutes. It's, it's about the people we meet. Obviously, uh, us three retrobates were, were in um, in the away end, as was Mark and his lovely daughter. Uh, and uh, as we, we did meet you, but we got separated in different parts of the ground. But there you are with your great flag uh, with with um, George. And obviously, um, I don't know what Sam is, what he's calling up there. Do you know what? Sam, know. Sam's calling up, you know, all the media channels saying that it's not done. The Arsenal are still here. We're rolling into yeah. February. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I thought he just made them, um, you know, dogs go wild, you know, but, but that's a different story. Look at that, Ferg. Nobby's nailed it, you know. Nobby's nailed it. I mean, we are a family. When I yes, when sir. I bump into Ferg or Dan or Lyle or any of the other lads, you know, 
it makes me smile because I know I'm around decent people, you know, and I just love that I'm the oldest in the group, I think, by a fair way. And the way I'm made welcome, everyone who looks after it is superb. And Nobby's nailed it there. It is a second family for me. Mm. Andrew, um, it was been a quiet January, um, and you know we had three games, including the FA Cup game against Liverpool, um, and there was also the Dubai break. It's really important, I think, that Dubai break has really set as a good reset for for the team, giving a bit of warm weather training, and um, yeah. you know, yeah, and and they, they've done clearly. You could see some of the efforts that were done with the set piece training as well, with the the Palace game, and then into this game as well. Do you think how how important do you think that is leading up into this run in that we've got with Champions League coming in and then hopefully a title challenge? Oh, we've had a great break, haven't we? I mean, we've had a we've had a really you know FA Cup, Liverpool aside, you know, we've had we, we've had a, a good January. We've had a nice break, and you can tell that with the way the, the team are playing. I mean, some of the football last night, that one touch passing was absolutely outstanding. Um, I know we'll probably get to it later on, but you know, the bit we've got to get to is that is actually putting the ball in the back of the net at the end of it, but. They just look completely fresh and you know new ideas, and that the the set piece set piece coach is doing absolutely wonderful. I mean, look at the two goals we you know we Gabriel scored, and I mean, they didn't quite work out last night in a couple of occasions because you know, Turner managed to grab hold of it. You don't know if that's because he knew what was coming, but I just think we look um, if the break has done is the world of good, and moving into you know February now we've got you know we've got Liverpool like obviously Sunday we've got Porto we've a games coming up we've got some big big games and we we do look like we've you know we've got a fresh energy to go at it and hopefully that's a positive thing to keep moving forward. Mm. Lyle, um the um lineup uh came up here with Raya, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko, Rice, Smithrow, Odegaard, Saka, Martelli and um Jesus. No real major changes, but the one that we called for on Monday and we hoped that would happen was Emil Smith-Rowe would get a run out. Um, he replaced Havertz, uh, but also it shows in to certain degrees as well that like Zinchenko, there isn't that huge amount of cover there. So there's the squad depth that we've got. How happy were you with this lineup, first of all? How happy were you to see Smith-Rowe start? And then we'll expand further as we go along about the squad depth. Yes, I will, folks. So the, the first question about the lineup, I thought it was a, it was a good lineup. I probably would have gone slightly different. I would have played Trossard uh, starting um, off the left hand side, and I would have brought Martinelli um, off the bench uh, later on. Um, but you know, I, I, apart from that, I think it was it was pretty spot on. Um, against Nottingham Forest, you need to have players who are physical, who are dynamic, who've got pace, because it's just that sort of ground and and, and that sort of side. Um, and then in relation to Emil smith I was just delighted to see the lad start. Um, you know, he's one of our own. He always gives 100% for the shirt. And I think games like last night is where you need people like that. And um, I just think as Arsenal fans, sometimes we need to take a step back and we have to realise it's a long season. You need to rotate the squad. Um, I think sometimes we get too hung up on this player's not playing, that player's not playing. But there's a lot of football. Um, and I think brilliant to see Smith-Rowe get, get a chance. Um, yeah. And I think he's going to be an integral member of, of our team, not just this season, but for, for years to come. It's like a January signing, isn't he? <laughs> but he, he, he has not played. Yeah. Um, he's played, what, two games, I think, in full, in full hour, yeah. like two starts in about two years. So he's he's not a lot of football, Andrew. Uh, how were you with them, um, Smith Rowe coming on? I think as as fans, we're we all got that like thing that he came through Hail End and, and we want to see him be successful. Do you think he will be successful or is this his last shot at it? I think he will be successful. If he if, if he can keep if he can keep fit and he can keep performing like he did last night, 
why he, he's definitely going to be successful because you know he's he's just what we needed we needed that energy we needed to move the ball quicker we needed to get somebody just sort of zipping around and getting into those pockets of space which he did really well last night um you know and you, you could just see i mean you know you guys were the, the probably the wrong side of the ground for it last night but you look at like you know from where, where we were the tv angles he didn't stop he, he didn't stop even the commentator said at one point he was at one point he was on the left then he was over towards the right hand side then he was in the middle and he just always wanted the ball and i i was gutted he didn't score actually i thought he was actually going to put one away last night but mm-hmm. uh, yeah he's i think he's so integral to his moving into this busy part of the season yeah, and, 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 and just a really important point in there about the movement, because what Smith Rowe did last night, which we've not seen for a long time, is he was overloading different flanks. Mm. And Andrew's probably seen that better than we did in the ground. But Smith Rowe was going down the left hand side is going down the right hand side. And I think that really helped us in the final third. So that's a really good point, Andrew. Yeah. It did. I was going to go to Trevor on, on, on that because Trevor actually commented to me at one point about uh, Zinchenko. Um, and Zinchenko was like on the far, the, the right-hand side of the pitch at one point uh, when they were playing up the other end of the pitch. And you've gone, what the hell is Zinchenko doing there? So there's obviously a huge amount of movement over and back yeah. across the pitch, uh, Trev. Yeah, I, I can't move on from Smith-Rowe um, until firstly I tell you, I called mm. on the other night, Fergus, I told you he'd play. But on a serious note, I think we mentioned <laughs> the squad just now, right? And the most important part for me was that Smith Rowe came into the side last night and absolutely showed that he's capable of being a very important member of the squad. You know, we lose a player, we've got Smith Rowe. And after last night's performance, I don't think many people can have doubts about his ability to comfortably fit in the side and, and make a contribution. You know, and, and, and Andrew's right. He, he, he got himself about, he had a couple of shots at goal, you know, and, and it would have been lovely to see him score. But apart from scoring, I thought he had a blinding 70 minutes. I really did. Yeah, he was awesome. And he he, he looked when he came, when when his, uh, when his number went off as well, when he came off ahead for Habits at the corner, he walked off. And again, you say he looked absolutely gutted that he was going off. He did mm. not want to go off that pitch. He wanted to stay and keep fighting and keep going. Lyle, I think we do need to contact the song police, though, and uh, get a song for uh, Smith Rowe in his entirety. We have got a, a Saka one now on its own, but the, the joint song was brilliant. It was great. Um, and we will talk about the the away end as well of how good it was. We're not quite just yet, but um, the other things that we look at before we move into the, the nitty gritty of the game is um, players like Trossard, uh, like Party. Um, I know Party wasn't available um, for. Um, last night, but those sort of players coming back in, uh, as I said, leading into like this really busy period with Champions League football coming up, uh, and and a title, hopefully a title um, running uh, coming. Um, how important is the likes of Party and that to, to to add a bit of depth? Oh, massively. I think Dale um, summed it up perfectly on on the podcast the other week when he said that. On his day, um, you know, Partey's in the top three uh, best defensive midfielders in the league, and and I. 100% believe that. I think you say Rodri's in there um, and obviously Declan Rice. And I think you'd say those are the three best defensive midfielders in the league. If we can get him back fit, I mean, watch out. I think we'll start to blow teams away again because he's so important, you know, when we're transitioning, getting the ball deep and and and, and just the way he moves the ball, the way he runs with the ball. Um, you know, he's been a massive loss this season. So I think if we can get him fit again, even if he can just play the away games, you know, if we've got some massive away trips coming up, even if we can get him fit for those trips going to, you know, the Etihad, the trips to um, 
you know, the the, the new toilet bowl um, and some of the other grounds we've got to go to. I'll just be happy with that one. Mm, mm. Um, looking at the first half, um, Trevor, uh, it was quite... I'm, I'm loath to use the word frustrating, but it did feel frustrating at times. Um, I, 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 the, the reason I'm loath to say frustrating is because we dominated the game, uh, a game that Forrest came with a plan just to sit really, really deep and with 10 men behind the ball, a game that Forrest looked at Nick maybe something, a bit like what West Ham done to us, but it was very, very frustrating uh, from us because we were so far away. Uh, but 81% possession, uh, 81% possession in that uh, first half, and I think it was one shot on target. Um, what did you make of that first half? So you've asked me a question there, and then you've given all the answers. You know <laughs> what I mean? Well, you're just grabbing a limelight all the time, Ferg. You've given all the answers to the question. Go on, then expand then. You're, you're meant to be the intelligent well, one. I, there was frustration for me last night, but it honestly wasn't frustration at the way the Arsenal were playing in the first half. Nottingham Forest were the home side and they didn't want to play football. They'd seen what West Ham did and they thought, right, we're going to have a go at that. They had, they didn't press hardly at all and they kept 10 men behind the ball and they let us play up to the 18-yard box and they defended the 18-yard box, I thought. And we were going round and round and round. And at that stage of the game, I was thinking, God, what I'd give to have a forward on a big forward on the pitch now. But it just goes to show how quickly football can change because the second half, I'm not going on the second half, I'm just using it as a comparison. The second half, I was thinking, we don't need a big centre forward. Look at us go. Look at us go, mm. you know? So if if I was a Forest fan this morning, I'd have been emailing the City ground and said, look, we were the home team last night. We didn't even try to play football in that first half. I'm paying 60 quid for my ticket I at least want to see us trying to win. You know, the only way I can think of it is that Forrest knew we were that good. They respected us too much and, and did that. But they were poor. Forrest were poor. Mm. I'll tell you what did it for me, though, there as well. You know, we were coming to the 18-yard box and we kept sort of the ball kept going back to from Martinelli, back to Zinchenko, and we kept sort of playing this, this this kind of like half circle. Every time we've crossed the ball, they're, they're like the base. Montiel just stuck his head on absolutely everything, was adding everything out. And he was blocking everything. And I think at some point we had looked like we'd run out of ideas in the first half and we just didn't quite know how we were going to break down that line to actually get anywhere near the box. It was frustrating. Um, Lyle, nerves. There was there was quite a lot of nerves among... Was it on the pitch as well as off the pitch? Because I know definitely amongst us in the away end, it we, we'd all commented about, like, you know, we've been here for years and we've seen the FA Cup mm. and we'd seen last season and we've seen this, then we've seen that time. And, and there was many people who had never seen us win at the city ground. It's like 10 years ago since we won at the city ground. I hadn't seen us win at the city ground. Yeah, I, look, Ferg, it's an absolute spot on point. I think people need to be respectful as well. Um, you know, when you are going away from home in English football, there's no easy game. You can't be complacent, especially when you go to old school grounds like the city grounds at Nottingham Forest. There's not many of them left, but under lights, when the atmosphere starts to get going, the place really starts to rock, right? So you've got to be on your A game um, to win there. And I think as fans, we all knew how important yesterday was. We had to win. You know, it doesn't matter how we did it, by hook or by crook, if we didn't win that game, failure to win means that it would have been very difficult for us to, uh, you know, go on and 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 challenge for the title. So I think we were saying that in the week, there, weren't we? We were saying we yeah. had to talk about that in the week, and that's what yeah. we were saying about how massive that game was. And 
no, the under, you know, everyone was kind of saying, oh, we'll go there and win 2-3-0. And it was like... Mm, no, and, and this is the, mod, the modern-day fan. Unfortunately, a lot of them don't quite understand that you can't just expect to turn up, like, play a team like Nottingham Forest, stroll the ball round, and you'll be 3 4 nil up in the first half. It doesn't doesn't work like that. They will sit in, they will defend like their you know, their life depends on it. And you saw that. You saw their defenders. They were with, you know, ferocity. They were throwing themselves about. They were, you know, trying to block everything. And, you know, this is... English football, this is why we love it, because it's the battle and you've got to have that fight and you've got to have that desire if you want to get over the line. Hmm. Um, we went into the second half. half. Half time was nil-nil. We went into the second half and it, 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 the, the, the players obviously playing towards us and Trevor had said to me beforehand, because where I was, I, I think you were a couple of rows behind me, uh, Lyle, I don't know what it was like for you, but... Every bit of play was behind that red stanchion <laughs> that was holding the net. And I kept on doing this this the whole time, just trying to get around it. It was like the most restricted view. of Everything was even a less restricted view than what I had at one point last night. Um, but eventually, we all shimmied up and down and we we, we got to see everything. But um, Trevor said to me, he said, oh, you, you won't be complaining when they're playing down this end, Ferg. Oh, wait till you see. Wait till the back, back of that net is bulging. And Trev, we, we saw Odegaard looking at it almost straight in the eyes at us. We saw Saka and the position which people will see and many people have already seen where we were was literally right in the in the goal mouth. Um how many yeah. times do you think he's gonna he's gonna just let one go and shoot and it's gonna go through the net and hit me and the pass the pass it out wide back at the Saka back at the Martinelli. That was frustrating, wasn't it? Well in the second, it was a game of two halves. I just said in the second half, it wasn't frustrating because I thought that I don't know whether Forest tired early in the game from their constant defending and chasing, or whether they just opened up slightly. We looked like scoring a bit more in the second half, and um, you know, all you could tell first that was a great away end last night, right? That was a vociferous, mm. great supporting away end, and the way those players when they played towards us were looking at us egging us on, the way they celebrated the goals, those players, I'm 100% certain, lived off us last night. We lifted that team in the second half. I'm sure of it. I'm positive of it, you know. I was so proud of every single Arsenal fan in that end. And when you are that close behind the goal, you know, and we're playing that end, you live it, don't you? You properly yeah. live it. You see the pace of the game better. You don't see the movement in the game better because of low down. You see the pace, you see the movements of feet, and it was a great second half. We 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 called their bluff and we played them and played and we scored. We persevered and we scored two good goals. You know, yeah, you can blame Turner for one, but at the end of the day, we did what we needed to do at a ground that not many teams have got three points at this season. Yeah, so I was very happy with the second half, Ferg. Very happy. Mm. Yeah, to be honest, you talk about um seeing and feeling and 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 uh, being part of the game there was one point i think martinelli slid in the box and whatever way the water was on the pitch it looked like he'd left sparks on the pitch in the box and i kept on looking going really is there some plastic in the pitch that's like slightly ignited but it was it was just the light and 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 the water that was on there but you can hear you can feel you know exactly the impact you know the speed and and i think that's the the difference of watching live football and feeling live football and we're fortunate enough to be able to do it uh many can't um 
Uh, Andrew, you mentioned a point to me before we came online, which was really important as well, that mm. they made the substitution Nottingham Forest of, yeah. uh, and Wanyi, um, uh, who eventually became the goal scorer for them, that it changed their style of play. Go on, expand a bit further. So you look at like when he came on and I, I said to Theo, we're watching, I said to Theo, I said, this is going to open up now because he's just going to, they're going to get the ball to him. He's going to run at us and he's, they're going to get, trying to get us on the counter attack. And I think Nuno just thought we're going to have him here because there was a couple of times and they broke forward and you thought, we looked a bit vulnerable, but they kind of, he came on and the play just opened up. And you look how much space Odegaard had and how much Zinchenko was bringing the ball out with. And he just, I think he gave us a different, um, he gave Forrest sort of like a different dimension to look at. But what it did was give us some more space that we could actually open the play up and play that a little bit quicker with a bit more space between everybody. Um, and I think it was a mm. tactical substitution that he played, but worked well into our hands to give us that ability to, you know, to get the ball across. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I'm just changing the subject slightly. Great point, Andrew. But I've seen a comment come in here, and I'm not quite sure. I'm, actually, I haven't got a clue what it means. So if I put it up, can you explain, please, Ferg? What does what does that mean, Ferg? <laughs> <laughs> Good old Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I, Dan, on that I, I, last night on that occasion, I definitely didn't. It's it, maybe when I've had a Chinese and uh, and a few pints beforehand in the Woodbine, yeah. But last night, no, it was uh, I was driving. <laughs> I saved those for the Emirates, Dan. So like, yeah, go on. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that ginger winger quarter past one, I dropped him off at, and he and he and he has the cheek to do that in, in there. Look, <laughs> no six, six, Sixty-five minutes in, okay. Um, uh, uh, I, I, I'm I'm loath to show very much coverage of this, but I'm only showing it because watch at the very end of this sequence is it is Jesus's goal at 65 minutes in, but at the very end sequence he actually comes to us right in front of where we are, comes behind the goal and he puts his hands out like that. I can see the beads of sweat and he's looked, and he literally did look as you said, Trev. He was feeding off that crowd and he was looking at all of us. He wasn't just standing there to a camera. There was no cameras around him. The cameras had to come back around to catch all these angles. He was loving every second of this. He's running through and from a ridiculous angle, he finds the back of the net. The flag stays down. Uh, I, I, I won't show any more because otherwise we'll get, we'll get done. Lyle, uh, uh, go first. Do you know what? I think there's, I wrote this down. I had to write this down. There's three, three things I wanted to talk about. So in the first half, I just felt we played well. We just lacked a little bit of courage in front of goal and just that bit of quality. And my boy, did Jesus pop up with that in the second half? It was that bit of courage, take the player on, go down the line, and then that bit of quality to just poke the ball in. And do you know who he reminded me of? And obviously all you gentlemen will know this player, one of the great strikers of all time, the original Ronaldo, R9. He would have been proud of that finish. Just a little poke past the keeper. Fantastic goal. And then the fans went wild behind the goal. And do you know what? Credit to the fans. One of the best away ends I've been in with Arsenal for quite a while. That We lived and we breathed every minute of that. And I'm so happy for Jesus. Um, you know, he always gives 100% and he deserved that one. Yeah. Uh, um, Andrew, um, Matt Turner. Turner's a gooner. <laughs> yeah. do, 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 do. Um, 
he didn't have the best uh, best game, did he? he? He had a great chat with us in in, in the the away end, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But he let that one through his through his legs. But it was well worked by Odegaard beforehand, and Jesus only two or three minutes beforehand had hit the upright. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you know the pressure was on. The guy had made some great saves in the first half, um, but I just think it just came on top in the end, don't you? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was—he was kind of when Jesus hit the post, and it was just there was that thought into my head. I just thought, oh, this is going to be another one of their nights, and that's a kind of thing. It can't be, you know. He's, he's got to get there eventually. And but the, the the play down the side to get to get him on on goal, and when he started running to the byline, it was like, where's he going? And then all you know, he's waiting, begging for him to put it onto the penalty spot, and then he finds to manage to put it through his legs, which I, it's it's such a classy finish. It's just showed. I mean, he was immense last night, Jesus. He was absolutely awesome. Deserved everything that he got. Celebration with the. With with all the uh, away fans, mm. uh, Trevor. There's loads of comments in in the um, uh, in the chat about the away fans, and we will go on to the rest of the game. But since so many people have uh, come along and said said that, uh, like Gary talked about uh, the Bejesus, and Mike Bulbeck has uh, talked about the Nottingham Forest fans. Um, uh, talking about the, the loudest fans that they've heard, and we talked about how loud the twenty nine thousand were there the last home, our last away game last season, where they sang to us, "We lost the league at, at the City Ground" and stuff like that. It was good banter, but honestly, that 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 away end was just unreal, don't you think? Oh yeah, it was. It was a superb away end to be in. Everyone was up for it, even when we when we were struggling first half. I don't think any of the fans' heads dropped and the players would have noticed that. Um, I was absolutely over the moon with it. And, and it has to be said as well, it just goes to show how how footballers on the field, we say fans, you know, have an effect on the footballers, but the footballers also have an effect on the fans because from the, from the opening moment, it was clearly obvious that Forrest were under the cosh. And as the game moved on, they were under the cosh for... 99% of the first half. And that quietened their fans right down. You know, they quietened their fans right down. And it didn't it didn't lift their players. So it was great. I thought our support was great. I thought our players quietened Forest fans. And we know how loud and good those Forest, Forest mm. fans can be. They can be yeah. really, really good. But they weren't last night. They weren't so loud, you know. And uh, that's down to the way our players performed. And also the noise being made by the Arsenal end. Superb. You could hear it on the TV. You could hear the difference in the crowd. You can know, it's like, I mean, we were there, unfortunately, we were there, you know, in the forest end because that's the only place we get some tickets a couple of years. And we were sat there, like, when they scored and sat in a way, the only ones sat down in the whole stadium. It was blatantly obvious we weren't forest fans. But, you know, the noise in that place was, was immense. But last night, you could hear it coming through the TV, all the songs coming back from the Arsenal fans. It was just absolutely awesome. And good yeah. that we weren't there to be part of it. Mm. Do you know what last night reminded me of? What last God. night reminded me of was the um, 21-22 season, just after COVID, where fans were going to the game not with the expectation that their side was going to win or score five goals. They were going to their that game to support their team. And last night, I, I remember walking into the ground, and it reminded me so much of that season, just the vibe. You see all the faces, you know, the diehards who are always there, and you see all these young kids who had somehow managed to get their hands on, on tickets by hook or by crook. And in the stand, it was just the love of the team and it was just the support of the team. There wasn't any expectation, you know, no one was, you know, saying, oh, this player's this, this player's that. It was just getting behind the team. And that's what we've got to do as fans. If we want to go back to where Arsenal Football Club has been historically, you know, winning titles, winning the big cup competitions, 
you've got to get behind your team through thick and thin. And last night, I think, was the perfect example of that. So well done to every single Arsenal fan who's in the ground. And then all those at home with all the well wishes on social media. Terrific. Can I can I just make a, a point of order, though? There was one chap, and we're all trying to get the over and over song going. But there was one chap, and he was just—he was in between the wrong way between us, uh, us two, uh, Lyle. Um, he was singing over and over like Hussein Bolt was in charge of conducting. It'd be a slow, slow, and I, we can hear it over in the far corner, and it was going, and it was going. Me and Dan, and there was another chap behind us, tried a few times to get it going. And this guy's gone over and over and over again. We just that is. Oh, please, please, please. Do, do you know what? Um, I, my, my good mate was next to me, and he, he's been going to Arsenal for you know, 40 odd years. And he said, I need a time machine to send that guy back to the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Look, for fair play to the fella. He really was trying, and he, he actually starts singing and trying to get the end going, but he was causing half the problem while the end wasn't going. Because <laughs> the band was out of time. The band was out of tune. <laughs> Trev, he was right behind you, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. I just turned myself off to it. And I, when, when we were singing Paddy and he got going, I just sort of mumbled along and tried to mumble along at the pace of the, of the, of the other rest of the crowd there. But it was difficult with him going in your ear. But as you say, Fergus, he was, he was a superb Arsenal fan. He didn't stop yes. shouting for our team all through the game. We're not knocking him for it. We're just having a little giggle at his expense, that's all. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was funny, yeah. Yeah, it was. Listen, um, you know, uh, 75 minutes in, uh, we doubled our lead um, by, you know, we, we, we capitalised on an, an, another uh, Forrester error. Um, and Odegaard picked up on that pass and a great pass to uh, Saka. I thought he was going to overpass it again, but he took a great shot, Andrew. And yeah, he did. You know, the the back of that bulged. We were just recovering from like <laughs> Jesus's second coming, sort of thing. So, like you know, it's we we we're still <laughs> catching our breath. <laughs> it was it was it's such you know like you've, I've never I jumped up before he'd even hit it. I was up on my fingers. I was like, just please hit the back hit the back of the net with it. So wanted him just to score because you know the lad's he's gone through so much, you know and. Every time, I don't know if you guys heard it on the there, but every time he touched the ball last night, he got booed. Every time he, got, he was on it. And I just kind of wanted him just to be able to put the ball away and turn around to them all and just shut them up. Because and he, and he did. Um, I mean, you know, you can tell he's, you know, he's either shattered or he's, you know, just that little bit. But hopefully that goal gives him the energy to, to, to push on and, and go and bag a couple against them on Sunday. Yeah, it wasn't just booing, but we'll go into that in a few minutes. Let's just finish the the game first because there's some other stuff I want to touch on very, very briefly. But I think it's something that we do need to talk about because, um, well, there was a couple of things with some Arsenal fans in in the wrong end and and celebrating, which we saw with the consequences that in the FA Cup of the weekend, what that can do sometimes. But let, before we go go down that route, um, what did you make of Saka's goal then, uh, Lyle? Do you know what, um, Ferg? It was fantastic. And uh, like I said, there were two things that I really wanted the boys to do in the second half, which was show some courage in front of goal. You know, no one is going to have a go at you if you have a pop on goal and it doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't come off. And then show that bit of quality as well, right? And and he showed that, right? He, he showed the courage, uh, you know, to, to take the guy on and he showed the quality and he's banged it on his right foot. And I think that's just superb. And, you know, that is what Bakaya Saka does when he's at the top of his game. And I think... 
the fans have just got to get off his back a little bit. I think there's been certain people saying he's this, he's that, blah, blah, blah. Look, he's, he's a young kid. He's played far too much football um, for my like over the last two or three years. I think the break in Dubai would have done him the world of good. It'll come back recharged. This kid, I'm telling you, it is going to be an absolute talent. And, and we've got a new flag coming. Don't worry, Mikey Bullbeck, he's got it coming. <laughs> Uh, it, you know, seriously, for Kaya we've, we've, we've seen the preview. It's yeah, definitely it, worth. It, it, it's good, right? It's good. Uh, that, seven, that seven Kevin. Porto, lol. Does that uh, well, flag debut with Porto? Why not? Why not? But um, yeah. seventh heaven. This this kid, right? You know, um, it, I'm dropping the spoiler alerts, but you know, he could he he could, and I think is currently going to be just as good as some of the great number sevens we've had at this club. So brilliant finish, and I think there's more to come for Saka. I think he can start doing this you know, more regularly, he just needs a little bit more help around him because too often he's double downed on, he's getting kicked, you know, by, you know, opposition players, blah, blah. He just needs the help. But no, this this kid's going to the top, I'm telling you. Uh, Trev, your, your view on, on Saka's overall performance and probably you're going to reiterate a lot of what Lyle said anyway because you've been saying it for ages, the guy's a worldie. I feel like uh, Lyle's just nailed it there. I mean... As you know, mate, I, I've been saying for since ever since I first saw the boy play, he's he's a class act. He's going to be one of the best players in the world. You know, I was looking at some ratings the other day, and he's he's right. I don't believe these races, but he's rated right up there. You know, he's one of the very best already. And, and what happened last night was he's been off. He's been a little bit tired, or he's just been off the boil a little bit for a few games, yeah. and that happens to players. That's acceptable. You don't drop a player of Saka's class because he's a little bit off the boil. You keep playing him because you know he's going to come back good. And last night he came back good because before he started his quiet period, when he cuts back inside like that, there's only one thing you're thinking here, goal, goal, Saka scored. You know, And last night he did it again and he nailed it. And I'm hoping that is now kick-started him again because we've got one of the best players in the world. And as I said, when he cuts his side like that, Saka, when he's at his best, you don't have to think twice about it. It's a goal. You know, it's, it's in the back of the net. You go back to Smith-Rowe's movement as well, though. Last night. Looking. So he looked fitter and he looked like he'd got a yard of pace back. And most importantly, he looked confident last night, you know. Yeah. He looked confident. And and I, I, I can't speak any more highly of him. That, you know... Lyle nailed it, and I've just just took it forward. Do you like with Smith Rowe's movement though? Do you reckon he's like he's got that's created more space for Saka as well? Because you can't when you when he's getting the ball at the moment, he's getting two or three players on him every time because they're just going to shut him down. So we can use Smith Rowe and get into those other pockets and the overlap or just going under the, the the underlap with him and pull somebody away. It's going to give him more space to be able to get the ball on his left foot and do what he does best. Hmm. Well, you see, it's interesting, right? Sorry, Ferg, I've come back in there. I do apologize. And it's a debatable subject, right? And and I'm not saying I'm right here, but these are my thoughts. This is what we're here to do. What Andrew said there about, and, and Lars said about Smith-Rowe moving quicker around, covering the ground quickly, making space for other players, because he takes players away from them when he makes his mm. runs. That's something Havertz doesn't do so well. Havertz's attributes are elsewhere, you know? Right, so it, it's a great point to make about Smith Rowe last night. He certainly made us look different in the first half. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, listen, um, we went, uh, well, we, we got the second, uh, the e 
we've got eight clean sheets on the, uh, this season, uh, equal to Liverpool. Uh, we were hoping for a clean sheet last night. Uh, the five minutes out of time went up. And their substitute, Awoni, uh, the Nigerian player who came in back from the AFCON, and there was doubts about his fitness and everything else. He came in and he did cause us some problems when they broke. Um, and due to... I, I didn't see... Lyle, did you see what went on um, with uh, Zinchenko? Uh, people saying, like, with the offside, and there was there was an issue over, um, like, the corner, and he, he lost his man, and... All this sort of stuff. No, I, I didn't see it at all. Um, no, I, I didn't. I, no, I, I'm not sure what people are getting upset with Zinchenko for. I think he's he's one of those players who comes in for unfair criticism. And I think again, our fans have just got to be careful on this. You know, criticize a player. You know, if they've made a mistake and all those sort of things. But some of the stuff that he's getting is just a bit over the top. I think. Um, I thought he had a great game yesterday. He fairness. did exactly, exactly. If you watch, if you watch the highlights back, in, in, in my humble opinion. Um, I, I thought, it, you know, Saliba's kind of made a rash one. Um, he should have just held his held his ground. But I think Andrew's probably going to have the deciding say on this because he, he he saw it on the telly. But, and, and, and bearing in mind as well, Andrew, while I was there, I got a message from uh, an old colleague of mine up in Scotland and he's watching on telly. So mm. your view is skewed slightly different to ours, is, is what I'm trying to get at. That he was coming along and saying... Sinchenko's your biggest problem. Uh, you've got a left a left back problem. Uh, he slows your game down, and, and I'm going. Hang on a second. I've just watched him. I know I've criticised him maybe defensively sometimes, and he's better as that uh, inverted player. But I've just watched him come in and, and save us two or three times in that first half. He he's been absolutely outstanding. I thought he would, for a good ninety percent of that game, I thought Sinchenko was absolutely brilliant. Andrew, how did you I'm see the, the the goal we conceded and Sinchenko's performance? Going with Zinchenko, I thought Zinchenko, Zinni was great last night. I think he moved again. He, he's coming forward off. He's, he's he's creating the the width. He's getting the ball out wide. He's enabling us to push on. I think my frustration with him sometimes is he's you no, know, we can break quickly and he puts his foot on the ball and stops the play. I think so. He can just mm. push on that a little bit more. We can speed. We can get that ball moving a bit quicker. And maybe in the first half, if we'd have done that, potentially we would have broken him down a little bit more. Um, but leading up to the goal, um, it's kind of it's. There's a little bit of luck involved in it as well. I mean, if you look at when the ball comes across and the way that it bounces, it kind of you've got I think Saliba and I think is it Gabriel that stood with stood with it, but the ball just kind of takes a funny bounce and just lands at his feet, and all he's got to do is poke it in. You know, it's there's a, there's a huge slice of luck with that goal going in as well. You know, he's he's done well to create and create the space, you know, for him to turn and, and be able to put it through by you know outmuscling Saliba and Gabriel, but there is a bit of luck with it, but. It's um yeah I mean Zinni for me again was outstanding last night and I think he just won he just gives that passion doesn't he he doesn't want to he doesn't want to concede goals he want you know his job yeah. as a defender is to stop him from going in and you know it's like the same as a striker they they pride a goal a, a clean sheet as much as they do a striker um so you mm. know if they're going to argue with each other because something's gone wrong then I for me I'm up for it because let's get it yeah, but- out let's get it sorted. Mm-hmm. Trevor, we're yeah, ninety-one minutes into the into the game. Sorry, um, uh, Lyle, we're ninety-one minutes into the game. We've just conceded a goal. We've uh, given our clean sheet away. Um, we've all gone nervous again. Uh, we've all got really worried. And you've turned around to the young lad behind you. Got my Apple Watch has gone off and thinks I'm having a heart attack. You know, so <laughs> and it looked like we could, we could have conceded a penalty, which at one point as well, which I was worried about. I think it was just somebody went down and got injured. But they looked at like minutes. It looked for handball, was it? Looking for handball, yeah. Yeah. So they looked for the first one, they looked for a shove, and then they stopped and said they were looking for the handball because they were uh, and you can even see, you can see Raya looking at the referee going, 
what for? And the referee even shakes his head and goes, don't know. And the commentator said they were looking for handball when the ball got booted back in. Could we even right. say we weren't due to win that one last night, so they were looking for a reason? Do you know what? Right. <laughs> I thought they said they're looking for a reason not to give us this. You know, it's like this is going to be like one of them ones where it's going to come back and it's like, you know, we're going to get the world's dodgiest penalty because of VAR again. And then it's like, we're not going to do it. Yeah. It was, um, it, yeah, Fergus is right. My Apple Watch was vibrating away on my wrist, telling me I was about to have an heart attack when I knew I wasn't. But those that, those last five minutes last night, they're the five minutes that send me to the concourse. You know, Fergus knows better than anybody. I'm a bit sad and I can't take the pressure. But there was no way I was coming out of there last night. You know, we were there to celebrate a win. And uh, but it, it, if you've got a 2 1 lead with five minutes to go, every game. Is a bit nip and tuck in it, and that was what happened last night. I don't think Forrest deserved to get anything out of the game. If we look at it logically, no. I don't think they came and played football enough to deserve to get something out of the game. So it was the right result for me in the end. I hate five minutes like that. Arsenal, please just next week go three nil up, will you? So if they score a goal, we're still safe. Yeah, um, there, there was a talk about a, a confrontation between Zinni and Ben White and uh, Mike uh, puts up a, a comment here which type of might explain uh, what went on and, and later we saw um, Arteta um, and um, Arteta and Zinni remonstrate well not remonstrate Arteta was putting him in his place and just saying no we don't have that sort of argument among ourselves is how I read it I thought he was he was just trying to say to him no you calm down because I saw something happen on the touchline couldn't see anything else uh, uh Lyle how did you see this situation and how do you think Arteta handled it yeah look Arteta's handled it really well um you know if you know I, I played fullback um you know when I when I was younger um you're always going to have a, those kind of disagreements as a back four the most important thing you say look we won the game and those are the sort of things we can work on on the training ground. My good friend Mike's made a really, really good point, um, you know, about the Zinni offside. And I think we've got a top class uh, back forward. One thing I would say, so I, I grew up watching, in, in my opinion, one of the greatest centre-halves of all time, which was Tony Adams, right? And Tony Adams, you know, used to talk to Ashley Cole. We would talk to, you know, Nigel Winterbird, Dixon, whatever. They'd all talk to each other. And the one thing that I'd love Gabrielle to do just a little bit more is just talk to Zinni and say, yeah. hey, look, mate, hey, look, mate, just just stay stay, stay in line, stay in line, stay in line. Because I feel like Zinni's the sort of player who needs that. In the same way, when I was growing up as a little boy, you know, going to watch the Arsenal, Tony Adams used to do that for a young kid called Ashley Cole, who came on to be one of the best fullbacks we've ever seen. So, you know, it's, it's a learning curve. It's something which on the training ground, Arteta's just got say to the lads look just keep talking boys just keep watching the line but we want to see that passion for that is what we want to see we want to see players who care if they walked off shrugged the shoulders a bit like what david louise and that clown mustafi used to do back in the day you know you'd be upset what's happened what's he covering his mouth for? <laughs> <laughs> Burnley. Move, moving on moving on anybody who wants to tnt too yeah, moving on <laughs> Oh, listen, right, I, I want to come in on that. I, I, we can't move on from the Zinchenko thing <laughs> and the offside for a minute because something just come to mind then as, as, as the boys were talking, that Zinchenko plays a high line all over the field, right? So when he has to get back sharpish to try and cover his left-back spot, he's not going to try and play the offside trap from holding a line, is he? Like, no. like Lars said, the old Adams offside, you know? Zinchenko will never be there to do that because Zinchenko, 99 times out of 100, is running back to make the tackle. 
he's not moving up to make the tackle, you know. So that must make him judging the offsides much harder. I don't care about White and Zinchenko as long as we see a picture in the next few days of him having a laugh and a joke on the on the training field because the passion is great, but you've got to leave it out there. You've got to move on and be yeah, the yeah. best of the mates again. A yeah, friendly you... side win, a, a, a side that plays a team win things, right? It's the team game football. Yep. And if two players fall out, then that's not ideal. So hopefully they've made it up this morning, had a kiss and a cuddle, and it's all good again. Right. A little bit of a humorous one before I want to go into slightly the more serious one. Um, were you in the Navy, uh, Trev? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, <it's>, it, <laughs> you know where I'm going here. Tried to hide that comment. <laughs> so I can't remember who was in the box, but somebody was in the box. I think it might have been Eddie or something like that. And somebody came near him, and Trevor just shouts out, "Dive, dive, dive!" <laughs> I thought it was Red October. <laughs> Look, right. When I'm standing in them stands, right, and I desperately want my team to win. If I think we can get a penalty, I'm going to shout dive, dive, dive. Because they all do it. And then they, you know, I'm going to shout it. Cheers, Dan, by the way. Thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah, you need mates like him, don't you? Yes, yeah. that's both of us he shit upon tonight. Uh, listen, um, one of the most disappointing things I heard, it came up on Arsenal Fan Forum. One of my friends, local to me, uh, made a comment this morning when I woke up and said, because uh, somebody else had made a comment in retaliation to his observation. Have a quick listen to this. It's not a long clip. Again, you have to listen carefully, but I can hear it now it's pointed out. I don't know if you can. Let's have a listen. Um, that was towards the end of the game. That was uh, Bakaya Saka coming up from the weather away fans and the home fans meet in the corner. Um, there and somebody decided to call him a monkey. Um, for me, you know, that person needs to fuck off back to the terraces of Stamford Bridge in 1980. I don't, I, I'm just un, so unreal. Trey, go on, go on. That's that, that listening to that, I, I saw it earlier today actually, and it sets off a multitude of emotions in me, you know, yep. it sets off a multitude of emotions. I was sick. I was sad. I was embarrassed. And I just couldn't believe that what, what I'd heard. And I know there's 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 a camera on every fan in that stadium, right? There's a camera on every fan in that stadium. And I would just hope that at this very moment in time, they're studying those cameras and looking for that man. And to all the people that I know of all races, um, on behalf of football fans... I apologise, right? Apart from that one, I don't apologise for him. I hope he gets locked up, right? But it's not acceptable behaviour. And it's it's it just, I don't know, I lost for words sometimes because my emotions take over. And we said earlier, right, and it, f football fans were called out for a lot, right? But I can only speak for at the Arsenal. At the Arsenal, when I walk on that concourse, I see football fans and I see friends, right? And then if anyone sees anything else, then you're not welcome at football. You're not welcome. Go away. Lyle, mm. as a, a man of Irish and Jamaican heritage, what does that make you feel like? 
look, look, Ferg, it's 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 sad, but I think um, it, no kind of racial abuse is acceptable. Um, you know, on, yeah. on a football pitch, walking in life whatsoever, but. I think we've got to be careful. So let's not tar all Nottingham Forest fans with, with the same brush no. because, because you know, there's some terrific Nottingham Forest fans out there. I think, to be honest, it's about education. These people need education, Fergus, more, more than anything else. Yes, you know, bands and all of those sort of things are fantastic. But I think education is, is the key bit. If we sat that kid down next to Bukaya Saka, right, and he had a chat with Bukaya Saka, a guy who plays for England, represents his country, is a hero for a lot of kids in this country, not just Arsenal fans, but uh, you know, uh, you know, people who England fans as well. Would he would he say the same thing? And and that's what I think. I think we've got to be really careful on this on this topic. I think education for me is the most important bit. You know, once once you get to know someone and all of this sort of things, your perceptions on 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 different people, you know, change and and people from different backgrounds. And so I think we really just need to try and you know educate people. Um, and I think also people need to be careful because I think some people think they can go to football and do and say whatever they want. And there's a line. You can't cross that line. Once you cross that line, you're on your own. And, you know, you, yeah. you do deserve the consequences that come with you. It's kind of like they shout mm. it and think they're going to get away with it because they're amongst the crowd. And, you know, most people, you know, you'd expect most people to point them out and leave them out, you know, and say who, who is actually who's done it. But they're on his back from the from the minute, from that corner. Because I remember rightly, isn't that the corner where a lot of their singing fans, where they've, um, a lot of their yeah. singing for years. I mean, you could hear them booing straight from the off every time he got the ball in that corner. So that's obvious where it's come from, that, that sort of section of the crowd. Yeah, to be honest, um, uh, all of us have been in the Emirates and and you brought your boy down into Block 5 with us, Andrew. And, oh, yeah. you know, there, there's every race creed colour uh, in, in, in Arsenal. And I think, Lyle, you pointed out before about young Jude. He's come there with his mum and his aunt and so on. Yeah. And, and and we are, you know, I, 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 I don't want to go into too deep and stuff. No. And, but, I, I, but, you know, it, Arsenal's always been an inclusive club and that's the way it should be. Lightning the notes. My memory is longer I... than all of you. My memory yeah. is longer than all of you. And even when this, this behaviour was rife in the 70s and early 80s. It wasn't accepted at Arsenal Football Club. And I state that categorically. And if it was, if it did happen, then they were found out and pushed out. I'm proud of Arsenal Football Club for our record, you know, for, for things we do. I'm proud of the club for the for the for the initiatives they've started, not just on race, but other things like stabbings. And, and we've always been a classy club. I'm struggling. I, I love I love you, Lyle. You know that, son. But and I hope you're right. I hope you're right about it being education. But I think there's still the odd one that just no. Of course, there's there's always a there's always a wronging out there. But I just think that there's too many there's too many. And I'll, I'll be honest, right? I think there's too many young kids, right, who are between the age of 16, 15 to 20, 21, who are going to football and. A lot of them are on substances and they almost want to hark back to the 70s and the 80s. I don't understand it personally, um, but I think a lot of these kids need education, right? They need to realise that, hang on, it's just a game of football. We love football. You know, it's, it's you know, it's, it's our it's our passion. It's our, but it's a game of football, lads. And I think the problem is, is that some people just take it too far and they need, it's need the education. And you're right, uh, Trev, there are, you know, the one, two, three people who are not right in the head, but... I just think a lot of these young kids need to be, you know, shown a guiding, guiding hand. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, a right hand or a right hand. 
before uh, we need to clarify something um, that was put in in the comments here, and there's a starred comment uh, on there. It was uh, by Heath, and um, we've gone to VAR, okay? Um, because Heath asked uh, about you've got this image here where I'm clearly in view, and you can see Trevor's clearly in view, you can see Dan's clearly in view, and all of a sudden everybody's out of view except for Trevor. <laughs> okay. Trevor climbed over man, beast, child, everybody. He saw a camera and he was there. Ah. Trust me, I didn't see a camera. I just saw Jesus looking straight at us. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I can remember exactly what happened. So I wasn't under the influence. I wasn't under the influence of alcohol last no, none night. Of us were. When we scored, I fell forward a bit. And the bloke in the row in front of me, I pushed him forward a bit. So as I apologised, I just stepped over and stood on his seat. Oh, you're, sorry, mate, you're out of the way now. I'm standing on your seat. That was it, yeah. Theo spotted yeah, well, you straight away. Literally, the minute as, the goal went in behind the goal, Theo went, there's Trev. Yeah, as he went forward, his legs came back and knocked me back. So I'm back and hitting the guy behind me. To be honest, it was carnage at that point. It was carnage. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, actually, I'll tell yeah, you, I've got to cut you off again. This lad Dan Gunn is on my back a bit tonight, isn't he? Hey? <laughs> what have I done to deserve this man? I'm always worried about land, sea man, woman, and child. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Listen, uh, up next, uh, we've got a small game on Sunday. Um, there's a few things happening Sunday. Obviously, hey, we're going to have a couple of beers. It's my birthday on Sunday. Uh, so we'll be meeting in the local uh, as we do. Uh, have a couple of pints. I may or may be slightly intoxicated if anybody bumps into me um, at the Emirates okay. on, on, on Sunday. But I'm sure I'll have no voice by the time uh, 4.30 comes. Um, we play Liverpool. It's a season-defining game. The fans need to be up for this. We need to be on board. Um, you know, the, it's it's really, really, really important that everybody is in there like five, ten minutes beforehand. Do North London forever. Bring your scarves. We do it again. We show them how 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 we. Uh, yeah, I never said Dale. No, and and I'm bringing a cashmere scarf by the way because I only do cashmere scarves. You know, so um, but <laughs> um, but um, we we need to be really up for this. We need to be the twelfth man. Um, I do think. Um, Trev, what, what's your view on what well, we saw last night against Nottingham? They put 10 men behind the uh, Nottingham Forest. We, they, they put 10 men behind the, the, the ball and they made it really hard for us to break them down. West Ham done the very same against uh, um, against against us and other teams. And I'm sure Sheffield United and other teams of that elk um, will, uh, will just do that low block. Now, when you've got a team like Liverpool who can play a bit of football and they've got a, a forward line that they can attack, it's got to give us a better chance to have a really good game of football and, and probably see a good few goals. Oh, look, Ferg, right? For th this tactic's backfired now. West Ham come to the Arsenal and got away with that tactic, right? Yeah. They got away. They were a bit lucky at times and, and they done us and you got old hands up. Palace tried to do it. No way. Forrest tried to do it last night and eventually we were too good and we broke them down. But that won't, I, I can't see that happening on Sunday against Liverpool. No, I can't. I mean, Liverpool are too good a side and you've only got to look at the game that that game of football, the 1 1 draw at Liverpool, was one of the best games of football I've seen in years. The skill levels and the pace levels were off the scale. And I'm sure that that's how it'll be on Sunday. I, I've got to say, I'm absolutely gutted I'm not going. It's, 
one of the very few weekends I can't make it. I've got a family occasion that I can't get out of. But it does mean I won't have to buy Fergus a beer, so it's not all bad, you know. Hey, listen, it's, it's just bad. normal service has resumed. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you've got the shortest arms and the deepest pockets of any man I know. How, how many beers did you buy last night? Um, none. There we go. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't drink any, did I? No, not, <laughs> none of us did. Look, let's get back to the game because it's a serious matter. This game on Sunday, I it's think massive, both, teams, both teams will open up. I don't think Liverpool could play that deep game with the skill levels they possess on the field. And I think if we play to our best, we'll see a repeat of the game at Anfield. And if we're honest, it could go either way. Both sides have got players that are capable of winning the game of football on their own. You know, yeah. I'm looking yeah. forward to it greatly. I really am. Yeah, Lyle. We can beat this Liverpool, can't we? Of course we can, mate. We're the Arsenal. We are the Arsenal, mate. They are coming to our manor. It's our gaff. Of course we can beat them, and we will beat them if we believe. And this is what I keep saying. The fans, the manager, the players have all got to come together, and they've got to believe. And we'll blow them away on Sunday. I've no doubt about it, but the players have just got to have the belief. We know they're good enough. They've beat Liverpool before. Did it last season. No problems. They Liverpool had a slugfest of us last season. We outboxed them. We outfought them in all departments. Mm. We can do it. I just think that these are the games where we've all got to come together. Like you said, Fergus, fans have got to do their part. Managers got to do his part. Players have got to do their part as well. And we do that. And I've got no doubt we'll get the three points. Andrew, yeah. um, we, we saw on uh, the FA Cup third round, we battered at Liverpool for the first half. We we were more equal in the second half. They made some slight changes and tweaks to their side. And yeah, they took the chances. And, you know, when we, we then came to go at them to try and at least take it back to Anfield, you know, we conceded the second one. Um, what lineup changes would you make from last night's game to tonight's game? Uh, Sunday night's game. It's controversial. Don't shoot, don't shoot me on this. So... Personally, I think start Trossard, bring Martinelli off the bench for the last 25, 30 minutes to, to run at them. I think it's going to be a tactical game. We need to we need to score we need to score first. And ideally, if we can score in the first 25, 30 minutes, it sets us up really nice. For me, that's probably the the, the change which screams out to me. You could say, okay, do you bring Jorginho in for a game like this? He's 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 got a you know experienced head. He has played in some big games. The only question is, has he got the legs for the for the pace of, of, of the game? Because it's going to be a fast, frenetic game. So definitely for me, I, I'd be tempted to start Trossard. Um, and then I would, I think, toss a coin. Maybe maybe you start Jorginho, um, just for his experience. Um, but it's a tough one. I'd bring Havertz back that? in and think over Smith-Rowe, unfortunately, at the moment. Only because, for the pure reason, I think we're going to need it in the midfield. We need him in the midfield. And I'd rather, if you're going to do that, and then I've Trossard to bring Martinelli on later on, was leave Havertz off and uh, sorry, leave Havertz on and then put Smith Rowe on with him. So if we actually, you know, if we've got it at nil nil or one one or whatever we've got to, then it's Smith Rowe and, and Martinelli running at you for the last 20 minutes, half an hour. No defence is going to want that. And I just think that will kind of open the game up a bit more as well. So it's, we didn't play badly, did we? We played really well last night. So do you change the team or do you keep it? Um, so, you know, for me, I've just two little tweaks. I think I agree with Lyle. I think I would bring Trossard on over Martinelli. 
and start Havertz in front of instead of Smith Rowe for them to come on as uh, subs later on. Can I just come back on you, Andrew? The one worry I have with Havertz is I think he's a brilliant player, right? I, I just want to defend Kai Havertz, right? I think a lot of our fans have been using him as the scapegoat. He's a perfect squad player. He can do different things. He was probably the right signing at the wrong time. Um, you know, if he'd come in last uh, next 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 season and we'd bought a striker, no one would be complaining. But that one worry I have with Havertz is he's is passing in the final third. He doesn't quite have what Odegaard's got. Odegaard plays the really quick passes. He can, you know, find the ball through the iron needle. And he hasn't got what Smith Rowe's got, which is the pace. So one worry I do have with Kai Havertz is he'll slow our play down. And what Arsenal need to do to beat Liverpool is we need to go back to that Definitely. style of football last year, the really fast counter-attacking football. And there's no slight on Havertz. It's just that's not his strength. Mm. Uh, Trev, I agree. I do agree with Dan there, though. I think hang, 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 on. hang on, hang on, hang on, Trev. Um, would you risk, like they talked about Jorginho, would you risk anybody else that you would think of like parties in, 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 in the wings, isn't he? Well, for me, if, if parties fully fit, he plays. He plays against a team like Chelsea, all the, uh, excuse me, Liverpool, all day long. But I, if, if we haven't got party, then I don't change the side from last night, me. I don't change the side from last night. I liked Smith Rowe starting the game. I like that very much. Um, I thought it gave him lots of time to sort himself out and get him into the pace of football. He's not played much football. Um, Martinelli has always got a goal in him against a side like Liverpool. Yeah. You know, he just he loves, I think. I get the feeling Martinelli might be a bit of a big game player. You know, he likes the challenge of the big game. So I, I like to see Martinelli in there. Right. But I just want to go back as well to the point Lyle made about Havertz. Absolutely. Havertz. There's a class player in Havertz. And, and, and I'm happy to have him at our club. And when I talk, you know, when I say that things about him, it's not personal. It's just what we do. We watch a game of football and we say, it how, you know, say it how it is. And, uh, for me, when he came on last night in in the second half, I wanted to see Havertz be our man that got in the box if the ball was wide and got in the box if the ball was coming in coming in from you know deep inside left or inside right, and he didn't quite make that position for me. Um, for the size of him, you see, I want to see him in there because that's what we lack in the box. I'm sure he'll come good, but for me, going back to this weekend, the Liverpool game, I'd start Smith Rowe again, and definitely Martinelli, because I think Martinelli is a big game man. Yeah, I do agree. I do agree, Trev. I just think with Martinelli, he's like a Ferrari or a Lamborghini. Now, you're not going to drive them around central London because you can't go very fast. He needs to be on open road and let him go into fifth gear and just do his thing. And I just think when we play that really slow style football, it just doesn't suit him. He's got. You can tell he's he's frustrated. So I do agree, Martinelli, absolutely. But if we're starting him, let the boy run at Trent because he will roast him. He'll do it twice a week and he'll do it three times on the Sunday. Do you know what I mean? Let him just run at Trent. And just my frustration with Arteta sometimes, I love the geezer he's behind me, is we just play this slow, tippy-tappy, side-side football. Let Martinelli do his thing. Let him run rip because he will take Alexander-Arnold to the cleaners. Uh, absolutely. Guaranteed. Absolutely. Gar Guaranteed one person that is starting is Anthony Taylor. Just have a listen to this by uh, Rory. Uh... Sense for crying out loud. Anthony Taylor will referee Arsenal against Liverpool. No issue with that. I mean, I don't think he's brilliant, but fine. David Coote is on VAR. 
Now, apart from the fact that he's useless anyway, David Coote is the same guy that was on VAR in the away fixture at Anfield that didn't give the Erdegaard handball. He was publicly outed by Howard Webb as being in the wrong by not reviewing that handball. So you're going into the game where either he's going to try and even things up for Liverpool by giving them something soft, or he's going to be aware that we all think he's going to give something soft to even it up, so won't give something to Liverpool that he should do. But of the 20 or so referees that could have been chosen to be the VAR in this game, why would you pick a guy who made a controversial decision in the same fixture barely a month ago? Like, it's incomprehensibly stupid. Can't say further than that. <laughs> Trev? Oh, but, you know, that's that's what we get, isn't it? The PGMOL, they're untouchable, aren't they? They're untouchable. They, they think they're always right and never wrong. They don't get challenged enough. So you could say to Howard Webb, all of that, and Howard Webb will say, oh, it doesn't matter, he's fine, he's... He, he, he won't, he'll just do his job and he'll have a fine game and we all know that he possibly won't. So I've, I've given up with thinking about referees because look how much it was depressing us. You know, look how much it was depressing us for all those weeks. Last couple of weeks, I've just thought, right, what yeah. will be will be. It's not perfect, but they're, they're there to whistle and run the game and unfortunately, they're on the field. So we have to put up with them and I'm not going to let them ruin my enjoyment of football, right? If they make a bad decision, I'm going to call them out for it. Then I'm going to move on. I know that's not the perfect approach because something needs to change. But I ain't the person to change it, so why let it get to me? I'm just going to enjoy going to the football. Somehow on Monday, I think I'll be playing this. Well, the point of VAR is to, to, to stop those situations that I used to face when I made a decision on here, got into the dressing room, looked at my phone and thought, oh my goodness, how have I missed that? That shouldn't happen now. <laughs> Somehow, I think that is what is going to happen by Monday. David Coote, uh, for me, uh, I, I think he's been in the Premier League for about two years. I've seen him referee Arsenal five or six times. Uh, I remember his first game. I, I can't remember who he was against, but... It, ah, no, was he? He wasn't the one that gave uh, Martinelli two red car, uh, two yellow cards. No, no that it wasn't. Was, um, it was uh, Taylor. Blah, blah, blah. That was Taylor. Yeah, it, but I, I I do recall I do recall and I'm just thinking Michael Oliver. I'm, yeah, I I do recall I thought it was a mispronunciation of his surname. But um listen, what what, what are we gonna do? Uh, you know are we gonna have a controversy uh, at the end of this game? I don't know. Listen, the, the the one thing we do know is Klopp is gonna come back to the Emirates for his final time uh, as a Liverpool manager. Um what sort of welcome are us guys gonna give uh, Klopp? Um, will it be a, a rousing round of applause, Andrew? How can you not? I, I, you've got you, you've got to admire. I know he's you know he's their manager. You've got to admire what he's done, haven't you? And he he is a top class manager and stuff. So um, you know, yeah, it'll be. Um, no, <laughs> not going to no. I used to, he's he, you know he's a top manager, but no, I just can't. I'm not going to be able to do it. Not a chance. He's. Um, It'll be sort of like tell RC later off you go, you know, and you've done you've you've done what you've done and you've left them to it. So um I'm I'm glad to see the back of him, if I'm honest. Lyle, we'll need to get the, the boys at the the gunners and, and the song police involved. We need to Mate. we need to repen a new job for 
uh, a new a new version of like you know you'll never get a job or something like that. I mean, you've got to do something. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. If, if Klopp gets a round of applause, I'll probably walk out of the stadium. I mean, look, I think after the game, fair enough. But it's war. It's war. We're going to war with them on on Sunday. I just don't. I don't understand it. I look. He's a great manager. I think what he's done for Liverpool, what he's done for the Premier League, fantastic. But I mean, come on, he's still got going to be here for another another six months. And absolutely, you know, if at the end of the game, if fans think it's appropriate, they can clap. But to me, if we're going to clap him when he walks onto the pitch, I don't know. I just think that no, sends the, the wrong, the wrong, the wrong, the wrong message for me personally. You know, we want a raucous atmosphere, we want hostility, and we just want to be into them from. From from the final from the from from the first whistle to the final whistle, but um, you know I apologise if that's me being you know too much of a one-eyed Arsenal fan. But I love the guy, I love Klopp, yeah. love what he's done for the Premier League. Yeah, I don't. Um, Trev, you have the final <laughs> say on this, and then we'll talk about predictions. Oh, for me, it'd be, it'd be the same as any other game. I never notice the opposition manager, and I won't notice Klopp on Sunday. I'm there. I'm there to support the Arsenal. I don't care about what the opposition manager is doing on the touchline. I'm looking at the pitch, hopefully watching the Arsenal. Slot a few goals in, and we send Klopp off from his last game at the Emirates with his cell firmly between his legs, mate. Mm. Uh, prediction then, Trev? Um, oh, my lord, I think there'll be goals from both sides. I think there'll be. A, 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 I'm going to go right for a biased 3 2 to the Arsenal. I think it's probably the realistic one. Uh, Andrew? I'm going 4 2 to the Arsenal, obviously. Oh. I can wow. see, I I can just do some bit. I I just think we'll be we'll be two two all the way through. We'll be going for it, and then there'll be two late goals. I've got visions of Man United last minute goals and like scenes like that again. So uh, yeah, bring it on, uh, Lyle. And just just to let you know, uh, sorry, uh, John Malone's been stuck in a lake of uh, of Strongbow. He didn't realise Klopp is leaving. Uh, that's fine. Um... <laughs> superb. Oh, I love him. Good on you, <laughs> yeah, prediction, please, Lyle. I'm going to go 2-1. I think it'll be a, a cagey game, end-to-end. Um, yeah, I think 2-1 to score. Right. I actually agree with Trevor's uh, prediction, but oh. I've maintained this since yesterday. Um, it's my birthday, if you didn't know. Uh, same as Klopp oh. is leaving. I've I've gone for 5-0. <laughs> 5-0 to the Arsenal. And if 5-0 to the... I'm actually... I don't bet. I think I actually will put a bet on 5-0 to the Arsenal because that'll be an awful lot of kebabs and an awful I'll lot of beer. You, I think you'll be on the food calories, Berg, as I do. Berg, if, if, we, if we win 5-0, I'll tell you what. We're not coming home, are we? No, nah, <laughs> no. Nah, I mean, you're, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I actually, I'd actually fear for, for for your relationship with your lovely wife if if we win five 0 because uh, <laughs> we'll be doing every pub down Blackstock Road if we win five 0 That's for sure. I will. I will be as well. I'll be waking up in Edinburgh because I'll be sleeping <laughs> on that train all the way back. <laughs> I'll tell you, you what. Crashed in my house. Sleeping with Alex. Yeah, 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 I'm <laughs> if Arsenal win five 0 on Sunday. Although I miss the game, I'll get on the first train down to London and join the celebrations. <laughs> and if I can't in there find the baby good. for the grandkids, yeah. I'm ringing Barnardos. They can have them for a night or two. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> do, do you know what, though? Well, we, need I, to, we need to bottle this energy because I think it's so nice that we can laugh and just enjoy these big games. It's, yeah. This is what it's about, isn't it? This is why we love football, isn't it? Yeah. I can't. Yeah. But I can't this, uh, and you know what? You know what? I'll pop it up here again. Uh, we got one thousand and eighty subscribers. 
But this is exactly why we do this. It's not for 1,080 subscribers. It's for this last one hour and 14 minutes that we've just had with the people in the chat, with the the, the, the four of us here in this room. And we'll carry on chatting um, among us, each other on WhatsApps and at the games on Sunday. It's about being an Arsenal fan. It's about the passion and the love and the family and everything else. I'm not getting all deep and huggy and everything else, but I bloody love this club. I do. Yeah. I bloody love this club. Yeah. And I bloody love what we've got as as a bunch of mates, virtually and physically. It's brilliant. Well, that's like when my missus turned on to me the day, she said, I swear you speak to all that a lot more than you do to me. I think you should just move out. And I went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Uh, guys, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't be a uh, Guns and the Algorithms podcast without, um, without the noise that we get from the stadium. Um, let's oh. let's stick this one up. One that's not copyrighted. Let's say, uh, Trevor. Uh, a couple of things before we go. Uh, thank you, Gouda Ross, um, for our new background um, that we've got on here. Uh, he's a great photographer. Go to Gouda Ross on. on um, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's Gouda Ross. If I've got it wrong, uh, uh, Ross, put it in the chat now before we leave. Your Instagram and link to you do loads of lovely photography bits and pieces. Really, really nice stuff. And he's he's gifted at the staff to use in the background. And um, thank you, uh, one thousand plus subscribers, Andrew. Lyle, you've broken your duck. I know you've both phoned in on, on some of the phone-in ones, but how's it been? Andrew, how, have you enjoyed it? I've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I'm nervous to start with. I'm not going to not going to lie. I was like, you know, <laughs> I thought he's going to throw me some curveball questions, and he did. Didn't talk about that, did we, when we stole, we came on. So, uh, yeah, no, it's been really good, guys. Thank you very much. Really enjoyed it. It's been really good, and uh, really looking forward to uh, catching up and having a, a fair few beers with everybody on Sunday. Bring money. Uh, Lyle? Yes, I will this time. <laughs> no, look, it's been, been absolutely terrific. Um, you know, what can I say? If we get the when we get the result on, on, on Sunday, you know, you can't ask for a better week. Delightful to be on. Um think like a good night watchman, I've come in, seen a few balls, got us through two stumps, and the big boys will be back next week. <laughs> uh, Trev, do we have any yeah. Trev time? Uh, no, I've had a great time tonight with with Lyle and Andrew. You boys are so much better than that Dan Gunning character, you know what I mean? But <laughs> it, it has been a, a really, really enjoyable podcast, even though I was shattered. And for me, just, just to finish off, you know, I can't leave it without saying the very most important point tonight was the serious point. Don't be an idiot. Don't be an idiot. Remember, we're all people, right? and enjoy your family at football and enjoy your football and enjoy it when we beat Liverpool on Sunday. <laughs> oh, yes. you, have been, you have been watching the uh, Guns and Yellow Ribbons podcast by Arsenal fans, which you can see for you Arsenal fans. Um, up the Arsenal. Oh, 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 oh
What? I forgot what? to. You did it for me, I know, but I should do it myself. Just to repeat what I said at the start. I, I've, I was both blown away, amazed, and over the moon that all them people read the tweet and took the time to subscribe to our channel tonight. I know Fergus has thanked you all. You came onto my Twitter and you, and, and you did it. And, and I, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Firstly, because the more followers we get, the more we know people are enjoying what we do. Secondly, it gives us a little bit of an option to do a bit more with YouTube. We don't earn any money or make any money. And thirdly, and most importantly... We, we might do. We might get 50p now because right. we've got over 1,000. <laughs> thirdly, and most, most importantly... Now we're over the thousand. It gets that bloody Fergus Keating off me. No, back. no, no. We got we we got to set a new target. New target. You know what? It two thousand now. Two thousand now. Yeah, double it. <laughs> oh, okay, it's, it's it's all down to you. Uh, you have been watching uh, Guns and the Arrows podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Up the Arsenal. Fuck the Spurs. They're losing. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Up the Arsenal.